Oh, yeah. Cheers. Okay. Uh, cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. We got John Arenas on the program here. You're listening to Hoopstradamus Podcast and uh, talking about the Chicago Bears. Well, mostly the Bulls, but a little bit of Bears, a little bit of Bulls. But uh, first off, how are you doing, man? I'm good. It's nice to be. It was the, the trivia. Was that this podcast? Yeah, yeah. The full court trap. Yeah, you yes, won. I did. I uh I I gotta admit I got a I got the trivia gene. I don't know where it came from, but I I got it. Thank God. I always it's took done you. me done me many favors. Well, I mean I always took you for a, a khakis guy, but it's good to know you got jeans too. Uh <laughs> I, I see you got a new Glarus there. That's a big win as well. I know. I'm drinking the the old spotted cow. Oh, the, very uh, nice. Yeah, I I usually I, I still have like a, I have so much here just because whenever I, I go up to Wisconsin, I always bring back a case and then I realize that I don't drink beer that much. So, you know, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I got a secret hookup. I get free beer on a weekly basis. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's not bad, but I don't drink too much of it, but I'm, I'm drinking a little old chub today by Oscar blues. It's Is a there, solid you're beer. In, you're in Colorado, right? Yeah, I, I am. I am. It, Nuggets country. You, have, have you activated the Coors Light Tap in your your kitchen? Uh, you know, ironically, I think I drank more Coors when I lived in the Midwest. <laughs> oh, all right. Speaking of beers, the Bears. Yeah. Oh, brilliantly done. Uh, no, I want to. The thing is, I want to talk about the Bears. I know it, this was tangentially going to be about uh, how depressed I am about the Bulls. But I just have so much to say about the Bears, and I don't know—I don't even remember this, but I'm actually a Packers fan. Are you really? Um, yeah, and I, it's and this is funny. I have this speech down pat as to why I'm a Packers fan because I've had to say it so many damn times in my life. But um, I'm a Packers fan because nobody in my family cared about the Bears, and then my cousin married this guy who was a huge Packers fan, and so I just glommed on that. I had no idea that the Bears were arguably the worst franchise in the NFL. I mean, if you think about it, the forward pass era has really been a big challenge for them. <laughs> but apart from that, they're good, you know? You know, it's funny. I remember something you said like years ago and you're like, the Bears, for some, and I always remember this, the Bears have only been to two Super Bowls. That's crazy. Yeah. But it's, yeah. again, the thing, the thing is I, I love about, like I'm, I'm in, in my life, like I, I've reached the point where I don't care about the results of sporting events anymore as much. I just care about like the, the poetry and the, the drama. And I, I love the bears in the Packers just because it's like one of the, it's like a historical Janus, like the two faced man, you know, it's like you have, it's these complete reflections of one another. Right. Yeah. One team's and really good, has good quarterbacks. The other team's really bad, has bad quarterbacks. It's yeah, it's just like this. It's like a like a Batman and Joker situation, I guess you would say. It's one represents the polar of the other, yeah. and it's just like I I was watching the I was I was flipping between the Packers game and the Bears game last or not the Bears and the Bulls game last night, and I was watching it and I was like, every drive Aaron Rodgers makes a play that no quarterback in the history of the Chicago bears could make like yeah. every drive. And, and I, it's like made me enjoy it. And the thing is the, like it's made me love the bears more like this winning streak has been awesome. I'm so happy for Mitch. 
It's like the first time that they've done uh, 30 plus points since 1965. I'm pretty sure it was in like three or four consecutive games of 30 points. And it was since Gail Sayers rookie year. Yeah. And, and it just kind of blows my mind. I mean, uh, friend of the program, Ben Savage, you know, we've, we've been talking all year on Twitter and um, you know, I've been back and forth on Mitch Trubisky. Uh, We will get to the bulls eventually folks. Don't worry. But, Let me get this off my chest. Here's my take right now. Is Mitchell Trubisky a good quarterback? No. Do they need him to be a good quarterback? Not necessarily. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Like, however, he's not necessarily bad. And the statistics will say that. But if you look at one John Elway, all right, this guy sucked ass for the first three years of his career. And those are, those are facts. All right, this guy threw more interceptions than touchdowns. He wound up winning a couple Super Bowls. There used to be a time when there was patience, all right? Uh, now, Trubisky, here's what I think happened. He, he, he was not doing great. The Bears uh, pull him in that Falcons game, and then Nick Foles comes in. Everyone's excited about Nick Foles. Uh, Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles, mind you. And then he gets benched. And then, Nick, and then the, Trubisky's back, and he's like, well – Got nothing to lose here. Might as well let my nuts my nuts swing a little bit. And he let his nuts swing. And you're then no, you're you started playing better football. I I just love I love the that like every game is like this apotheosis. Like and the thing is, it's all it, it's been building every week with every win, and it's building to this like incredible moment this coming Sunday yeah, where it's, and it's like, it's like, this is like, I, the thing is with Mitch, I love trying to like get in his head. Like I love like thinking about like what, like what is Mitch Trubisky thinking right now? And it's just like, could you, it's like, it's this pressure, but it's also like this un it's like, for me, it's like the, it's like Joe Biden with the vaccine. Like he, he has one thing to get right. And it's the vaccine. But it's also like the hardest thing to do. It's like Mitch Trubisky, on one hand, he's like, all he has to do is win this game. And then that's it. That's all he has to do. But he's also, it's like, you have to go and beat the Packers, which he, crazy. It's I mean, no, but it's it, just it this be beautiful. The defense beating the Packers, you know? Like but, in, in yeah. a perfect world, Mitch Trubisky just has to be a game manager. Yeah. It, and it, again, it's just like this the, the thing with Mitch is just like, it's this journey that he's on where he gets knocked out for some, I say this cause I'm also looking at a figurine of Frodo and Sam. Nice. So I'm just thinking of Mitch Trubisky. He's just, he's been on this incredible bumpy journey. And I, the thing is I, I, my, I don't know what I, if this is like my big takeaway from this is that I think even in the, the struggle, particularly with a game like football, where it's only like once a week, like the, the, it's a roller coaster enjoy it you know <laughs> like I think it's it's I mean that, that I'm not a I'm not a Bears fan but <laughs> the thing is I think from having like teams that have been in stints of mediocrity I think that there is something to be enjoyed from you know, that yeah and, and I want to go back and, to, or go ahead go ahead you can no 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 go ahead that. you go ahead you go ahead yeah kind of going back to what you're saying about the the, the journey, if you will, right? I think that it's actually 
I think you could make an argument that being the Bears quarterback is the hardest job in professional sports, and here's why. No one succeeded. And how much pressure does that put on you to succeed? It's like, hey, no pressure, man. We've sucked ass since the innovation of the forward pass, which predates the NFL. You know, the Decatur Staley's have been around since 1920. The forward pass, the first forward pass was in 1908. The Bears are still trying to figure it out. The great Bobby Douglas, uh, I think he was drunk half the time. Maybe, yeah. And then, you know, Sid Luckman, he was number 42. That says a lot. And then Jake Cutler was the biggest asshat in the city. And now he is beloved. Like people hated him. (laughs) And now everyone's like, oh, I miss that asshole, Jay Cutler. That says everything you need to know about the situation. And so you got this this guy, Mitchell Trubisky, and it's not his fault that the Bears took him over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And it's you know what he looked sorry. He's not as good as them. You know, like he's doing his best out there and it's probably really hard when everyone's like, fuck you. Well, no, it's funny with like, with first, and this is something I I should have said up top is like, when I think like Mitch Trubisky, he looks like he could have been in like the old, not, I'm not old school. Oh my God. America. He looks like one of the, like the bros in American pie. Oh yeah. He's got like that early two thousands romantic comedy. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like that. He, he, Mitch Trubisky is like doe eyed. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, like, he's just every, he's so earnest. He, he's so like, I'm behind him, but that's what I was going to say. You mentioned, um, and this is, I'm, I'm going to provide a transition. So just you watch. Love and <laughs> you were saying, you're talking like Trubisky being compared to like Deshaun Watson and Mahomes. And it's like, here's the thing people are like, oh my God, the Bears should have just drafted Mahomes or Watson. And of course they should have drafted Mahomes or Watson. But what I think people don't understand when we're making this hypothetical is that if Patrick Mahomes had gone to the Bears, like you just said, he would have had the problem of being the Bears quarterback. Yes. It is a, it is, it is a black hole situation. You know what I mean? It's nothing, no, nothing good comes out of it. And that leads me to the Chicago Bulls. Yes. I think I'm going to name this episode the unbearable bulls, <laughs> but spelled like bear mm. on the, <laughs> I'm imagining it like, a you know, like the bulls game, they have like the love, like the love of bulls, the unbearables. Oh, <laughs> there it is. The unbearables. Perfect. The unbear- <laughs> and it's just, it's just like me showing up to a game at halftime, like pissed drunk and just yeah, yelling at Kobe white. I think that's how Ron tested it, and he played a few good years on the Bulls. He did. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, let's talk about the let's talk about the Bulls. I know that's the uh, I, I I don't want to steal any thunder from the Running with the Bulls podcast, but I uh, again the thing the thing I love the, with the Bulls it's like there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a very interesting year, and I actually uh, my big thing with this season. And this is such a uh, abstract concept, right? But you can't necessarily su- measure the success of the season in wins and losses. Oh, it, I you're you're completely right about that. But the problem is that that has been the case for like three years, and they haven't done any winning. So it's like, yeah, but, no. But you're right. It's like, and it, it and it just brings in. It's so fun. I remember I went to the first. I don't, I, no, it had to have been the home opener 
last season. So like last, was that last November? Or when was that? Yeah, no, it would have been last November. And I remember it's this this feeling I had. I was going with one of my my buddies, and we're, it was just like we're 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 taking the Uber there. And we're like this is going to be great. Like we're cautiously optimistic. You know, it's like, like we we I remember we're sitting in the cab, we're just like talking about the players. Like yeah, they're all good. You know, they all have this, and if they could do this, it'll be fine. But then it's that first that first game they got smoked by the Raptors. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. I mean, they got smoked by the Raptors, but again, and, and the, going into this season, watching that first game and I can, I told myself like, don't lull into this thought that the bulls are going to make this, uh, sorry, this run at a eight seed or even like a six seed. And then it's five minutes into the game. It's just this reality check. That was just harsh, just harsh. Yeah. And, and honestly, last year, I think, and this is why I think this year it's another kind of hard reset, if you will. Last year, the big theme for me was just misused pieces, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I don't want to get too down the silver linings thing. Cause I think honestly, the bulls objective here is evaluating skills individually while competing the best they can uh, with what they have. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of these players aren't going to be there long-term and they're trying to figure out who is. And so the first guy I look at is Laurie Markkinen, who's, you know, second behind Zach Levine in points per game. He's, he's averaging a, a clean 20 points per game. He's shooting uh, 47% from three. Um, they're using him as a ball handler a little bit in pick and roll situations. And he's averaging almost eight rebounds a game, which I'll take. Uh, I mean, he's seven feet tall and last year, my big knock was like, how are you not averaging seven rebounds at least? Like, yeah, but it's because Boylan had him. I don't know, kind of like pigeonholed into this weird catch and shoot role. Like you go stand in the corner. Well, he can actually drive. Like, what are you doing? And so I think one of the big things I like is they're actually using players uh, effectively, they're identifying their skill sets, and you're seeing that with yeah, Wendell Carter too. That's you're, a Billy. That's such a Billy Donovan thing too. You yeah, know? like he he's been how long is he? I mean, he's been a he's been a coach for his whole life, like twenty some years. I mean, he and, yeah, I don't even know how long he was in the college game, but he's he was great at Florida. Yeah, and and that's that's the one again. That's the thing that makes you at least optimistic about losing like this but it like you're the thing is that i i find difficult is about is it's just the nature of the way games are played and box scores it's like yeah larry market is averaging 20 a game but it feels like those points are hollow you know what i mean like every time i look at a larry market and stat line i'm always surprised by how many points he's had for some reason. I mean, I, I think he's looked a lot better this year, like more aggressive. Um, better in the post. Yeah. Offensively, it looks like. Yeah. they're And they're letting him do some things in the post, you know? It, and that was the thing. It's like, with him as a, as a, like you're saying, like when Boylan was trying to make him a shooter, it's like he's not good enough for that to be his only lane. And he's still got that huge frame, you know? And it, it's, and the thing is the way that, again, like the way that teams are structured. And I was like, you can bang points in the post, you know? Yeah. I mean, 
I, I understand wanting to get your shots up from the outside and he still is, you know, he's getting his seven three pointers up a game, but it just made no sense to kind of pigeonhole him. And um, I don't know, but Wendell Carter, dare I say, maybe his best game as a bowl last night. Um, he looked really good last night. He, he He's such a, he's such a tough player though to talk, think about, you know? Yeah. I really don't know how I feel about him right now uh but you last night 22 points 13 rebounds four assists and Damn. he even hit a three eight of nine shooting wow um no that's so that yeah that's the thing about the bulls roster that i was talking to another buddy i was watching the game and i look at like everybody on this team and i'm like these are all like st- like role like role players or like lower end starters on a championship team, you know, that like that's, and that's, that's a tough place to be at, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of it, I mean, I, I love, it's like when, like Wendell, like, Oh yeah, we'll talk about him in a sec, but like Wendell, it's like, yeah, like he, I, it's that typical thing when you're sort of like in between two positions and it's hard, you know, cause he's not, it, you know what? Sorry, I lost track. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll really back in here. So I'm going to challenge you. Can you guess my three favorite centers in the NBA? You know me as a sports fan. You know me as a basketball Oh, fan. Um, is Nikola Vucevic still one of them? No, but we do have the same <laughs> birthday. I, I, I remember you were a, a big fan of him. I was um, big on Vucevic before it was cool. And now it's is cool. He still so, on the, is he still on the magic? Yeah, and, he, and he's still good, but he never like, I, truly – I heard – was great. Here's the thing about the Orlando Magic, though. They're they're like the Australian Open to me. I'm not entirely sure that they ever play. They only <laughs> exist in theory. Like nobody has ever wa- nobody's watched a Magic game in the last six years. So I, my thought is that there's some collusion between journalists between all the cities. So that's like okay, we're not. They're coming to Orlando. We're, oh, we're playing the Magic tonight. And then they'll just sit and they'll play a game of 2K and then just use that as the box score because nobody would know. Anyways, your your three favorite centers. Joe Ketch has to be one of them. Yeah, he's number one. Um, let me think. Is Rafe LaFrenz on there? <laughs> all, all currently in the NBA. Current NBA centers. <laughs> but I will current say NBA. that they all have something in common with Jokic. And Their centers? Yeah, they're, well, two things. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, Gobert. No, Drummond? Uh, no. Ooh. Oh gosh. One of them could oh. be considered like a power forward. Uh, Davis. No. Uh, Valenciunas. I'll tell you bam out of bio in Yusuf Nurkic. What do all Nurk- three of these guys have in common? They're all wait. Pretty, Nurk- they're pretty good passers. And so, Nurkic, wow, Nurkic is coming off a big injury, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he balled out in the bubble for sure, but From, he had a horrific injury uh, prior that he missed most last year with. Uh, hence the the Whiteside signing, who's of course now with uh, Sacramento. But all these guys are used in the passing game, and I think that that is a huge trend among really good teams, you know, uh, finding ways to create mismatches by using a center who can facilitate at a high level. And the bulls are starting to look to do that with Wendell Carter. And you're seeing growing pains. You'll see the occasional 
like horrible blunder, like horrible pass. But then you see the occasional like really nice backdoor bounce pass to Zach Levine or Kobe White. And I don't think it's realistic to be like, oh, they're they're just going to flip the switch and this guy's going to be really good. Like you sometimes you got to fuck up to get better. Sometimes growing pains are yeah. a part of the growth. Right. And so, yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to hound on these guys for every little mistake they're making, but more so like look for improvement and look for them to actually be utilized in a way that makes sense. And that's why am I happy with Owen three? No. Should the bulls have won last night against the warriors? Yes. Is the sky falling? Absolutely not. Like Rome was yeah. built in a day or in this case rebuilt. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah. It, but th- the thing is like, I, that's definitely true. And, but the thing is that if that becomes, but again, the thing is Billy Donovan makes it all different, I think, because Billy Donovan, like you've got a steady hand on the wheel, at least an adult because yeah, because I mean, the last two seasons have just been this, it's just been deflating. It's just felt like horrible, like in nothing in the, there was just no productivity Nobody got better, but people uh, got worse. With, yeah, with Donna, uh, yeah, <laughs> like Lori that, that got was, worse. <laughs> I that, that I I just like I with the boiling dance because I the not firing Gar packs. I under like at least that kind of made sense. It, there was still some rationale in that. But the fact that they let Boylan hang out to dry so long was just was just a nightmare. But uh, again, and it's like how? And I guess the thing that's difficult now. Or, wait, can you hear me? Wait, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. You're. Oh, sorry. You're you're just staying still. But um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, uh, I. It's it's hard to measure now. And the, the thing is, and the nature of and the NBA now is that it's, I just find it harder to evaluate talent just because the thing is in general, if you look at NBA rosters now, as opposed to 10, 12 years ago, there's so much less fat on NBA rosters now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, I think that is in, in some twisted way, I think it's made the game not, I don't want to say worse, but it it's made it harder to evaluate because it's like like everybody's like and the thing is like Luca's great and these guys are all great and they're all putting up these fabulous numbers, but it's like I'm watching this Bulls Warriors game and it's like it's just trash half of the court the entire game, and it's the thing is in a rebuild I think it just makes it more difficult to evaluate the growth. All right. Sorry about that, folks. A little bit of a technical difficulty there. Uh, but, John, you were, you were talking about how it's tough to evaluate talent in the modern age. Yeah. But, again, this is like some this, – this is going to sound like the curmudgeoning old man was like, when I was a kid, every team only had one big man who can shoot. And now it's like everybody can shoot. Yeah, I mean, the, I think there's more talent than there's ever been in the NBA, and that's – natural right human evolution people get better at sports uh you know evolution goes forward in everything and uh 
you know, especially the innovation of, I guess, international basketball, right? And so the influences you have from that is you're getting more good players because of uh, basketball going global. And you can kind of signify the start of that going back to, uh, honestly, you know, the Soviet Union has some really good teams at the end there. And then the 92 dream team where, you know, basketball goes global. And now you're seeing uh, all these unbelievable European guys. And even when we were kids, it was maybe just a few, you had your pages, you had your Dirk Nowinski, uh, you know, in the late nineties, you had your Arvita Sabonis, your Victor Kriapas. <laughs> oh yeah. Your Andres <laughs> Nocionis, your uh, Luis Scolas. But now uh not only is there an influx of talent coming in from overseas, but you're also seeing this uh, European style of play. And I think that, you know, you look at a guy like Luka Doncic and he is just incredibly smooth and he's patient. And the weird comparison, I've never compared him to this guy before, but I'd compare him to a prime Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so he's not going to be the Wait. fastest guy on the floor. Then, but Okay you know, he's going to be so patient and his vision is going to be so good that he's going to be able to pick you apart with subtle movements. Another guy who was great at that was like Paul Pierce, you know? Um, and so, and then you also have like the overwhelming athletes, but tying it back into the bulls. Uh, I know somebody we both wanted to talk about was Patrick Williams. And I got to say, I am just totally, uh, you know, in love with this guy so far. He's not asked to do a ton yet as far as scoring goes. And I think that's okay. Cause he's like, what is he? 19 years old. I mean, he was the he's 19. The he's, one of, he's one of the youngest players in the NBA. Yeah. If, if not the, and so, uh, but you know, he, he had his three blocks last night and uh, he, he's a really solid two way player. He's got a nice little mid range game and you know, there's I, a lot of hope. I, he's someone who's there long-term. And I think what's I, great is like a, and this, I'm not going to assume this, but let's say the Bulls do keep a good chunk of their core right now. Let's say that Levine, Markinen, and Carter and White are all there long term. That makes Patrick Lev uh, or Patrick Williams a vital piece of this roster because a lot of those guys aren't really good defenders or aren't good defenders yet. And so you have your, you know, lockdown defender, and he's not a liability on offense. It's not like an Andre Roberson situation <laughs> <laughs> no it, it was funny with uh with Patrick Williams I remember it was the, the first game of the season and I didn't know what number he wore and just to see a big a swing man you know a six 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 or six seven six eight swing man mid-range game good defender number nine brings back brings back some good memories of one of arguably my maybe my favorite bull of all time I'll, I'll tell you what, man, he uh, is certainly up there for me too. And that's the same comparison I've been making. Um, and, and, you know, I, sometimes I wear the Luol Dang player to you. I still got it. Uh, oh, yeah. But now I, I'm bringing it back for Patrick Williams. I don't think I'm going to yeah. do what I did with my Tyson Chandler jersey and duct tape Wallace on the back. <laughs> but, you know, he, he's somebody I'm super excited about. And, you know, when you look at the long term, I think Otto Porter's gone. I don't know what the deal is with Chandler Hutchinson. He's another player who's getting used better. Uh, Sadoransky's 
uh, on the oh, we're, we're big, we're big Sato guys here. I, I love Sato, you know, is and... off the, yeah, off the bench. I, I think here's the thing. This is, you know, I don't, I don't mean to play Monday morning quarterback, but I will hear, hear me out. What if you put Sato in the starting lineup, bring Kobe off the bench because Kobe is not developed enough as a ball handler to deal with other teams like that would make you a lot better defensively. And it would give you some instant offense. I wouldn't be surprised if they make the change. Yeah, uh, and the thing is, and I, the thing is, it's not even that you have to cut Kobe's minutes all that much. I just, again, like I was saying, like a lot of these players on the Bulls roster right now feel like contributing pieces on a sixty-win team. And you bring, I th- again, I think you know Kobe off the bench. I think that might get him again. You know, especially in the first half against some second-unit guys. I think that I don't know. But here's the thing. I have zero NCAA championships. Billy Donovan has two. So who am I to say? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, in in Billy, we trust at least for now. Um, Yeah, I I think it'd be interesting. A lot of people are kind of bringing up the, maybe you start Sadoransky. Kobe got 30. Many people people are telling me that the bullshit starts Sadoransky. Kobe got 35 minutes last night, 20 points, uh, seven rebounds, five assists. Sadoransky, uh, 22 minutes, um, three points, one rebound, three assists. But, you know, the guy's just so much better defensively and still a pretty good three-point shooter. I kind of like the Kobe White-Zach Levine pairing better long-term, and so I don't know if you want to try to, like, develop their chemistry by starting them together because I think in a perfect world – uh, as far as like the future goes, those are your two best scorers. And so I'm oh, not yeah. really sure uh, what I would do if I were in that situation. But in, in theory, I, I could totally see Kobe being a real nice spark plug off the bench. And, you know, Zach Levine and Kobe White are kind of similar players. And so sometimes it's hard to... Well, that's where you would like a Wendell to be a better ball handler because, again, neither of those guys are like the the pocket point guard. That, but again, this might not be how they want to play. But anyways, yeah, no, I. uh, What was I going to say? Who who were we just talking about? Um, Patrick Williams. I I was no, I was looking at the 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 Bulls stats and I saw Denzel Valentine. I. I don't know why, but like Denzel, it's like, why is he on the roster? Why? Yeah. You know, you know, like, and you know, it's funny that I think Stacy had been saying it and I could be remembering this incorrectly, but Stacy's a big Chris Dunn guy. I just don't understand a world where you bring back Valentine and not Chris Dunn. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense to me. Especially when you're a bad defensive team and the Bulls got a lot of steals last year, but, and they like, they were, I guess, improved defensively. Unfortunately, right now they're, uh, and it's so early. They played three games, but they're the twenty-third defensive rating in the league at one fifteen point six, which is just horrendous, frankly. Uh, but a, a team with so many question marks defensively, it is odd that you would choose the always hurt Denzel Valentine. Don't well, you know, you're saying like with with like the defense the defensive efficiency or lack thereof is that, you know, it's like you, like, I remember like, I'm thinking about like, if I were an NBA player and I were going into Chicago, I'm like, 
give me the damn ball. I want to. I want to drop forty tonight. <laughs> and that's a. And that's a. That's a problem. Well, the thing is, that's exactly what happened with Zach Levine last year. Yeah, and, and that's why the offense sucked. And I think right now, like that's one of the biggest takeaways I have right now is like the Bulls are actually making decisions quickly on offense. You know, they're getting into stuff. They are. I mean, they put up 128 points last night. They lost, but uh, believe it or right or, or not right now, they're actually second in the NBA in pace. It's only been three games, but wow. they're second in the NBA in pace. You know, uh, they're fifth in three points attempted. And so they're, playing smart basketball, you know, like analytics will say you take a lot of threes, you're going to be able to win some games. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you're getting early offense, you're going to create open looks, you're going to exploit uh, mismatches. And these numbers are of course going to change, but you know, marketing shooting 47%, almost 48 Williams, a clean 40, Otto Porter 39, or I'm sorry, uh, Kobe White 39, Otto Porter 36, Zach Levine's at 30%. Those numbers are going to go up, but you know, you got to like start somewhere as far as changing the habits. Cause it's, here's the thing about this Bulls team. You aren't starting from sea level. You're starting below sea level. <laughs> like you have to, like first dig yourself out of this hole that is bad habits and distrust for a franchise before you can even approach a functioning machine, you know? Um, and, and, and that's when you have the issues of like locker room spies or players not wanting to come to the bulls because the bad reputation of the front office or uh, none of the players wanting to play for Jim Boylan like I said earlier, it's just Rome wasn't rebuilt in a day. And so I think that it's almost unfair, you know, like people are really freaking out on Twitter and stuff. And I want the Bulls to win as much as the next guy. But last night wasn't all that bad. You know, it, it sucked. It was oh, a heartbreaking yeah. way to lose. But like the Bulls also put up 128 points. They got beat by Damian Lee on, I don't want to call it a lucky shot, but like Damian Lee, man, just has to come in and hit this ridiculous, uh, you know, anybody in the NBA is a damn good basketball player, but Damian Lee just comes off and Walmart brand Steph Curry looking like Steph Curry. (laughs) And, And that's after the Bulls broadcast, you know, is trolling the, uh, Warriors about the woes of Kelly Oubre, who went 0 for 6 from 3. And uh, Andrew Wiggins for, you know, going for, I think the graphics said something about replacing uh, Clay with bricks. L-O-L. The karmic wheel spins on, folks, because the Bulls uh, definitely died by the three-point sword last night. But I don't know. You know, the Warriors, I don't know what to make of them right now but I think it would be kind of weird to call a team with Steph Curry, a bad team, you know, like James Wiseman could wind up rookie of the year. Carter did an excellent job on him last night. You know, Andrew Wiggins, is he as good as he was supposed to be? No. Is he good? Yeah, he's fine. Maybe a B minus player for me. Kelly Oubre playing like ass right now, but he had a really good year last year. Eric Pascal or however, you, you know, he's solid. Damian Lee's even solid. 
it's it's a shame that you know Draymond Green we didn't get to see him Clay Thompson we're not gonna get to see uh but even Maurice Chris is like a solid player like the the Warriors are on paper a solid team I don't know what Bulls fans expected these first three games maybe they have a chance to win against Washington that's what I kind of looked at the schedule and was like all right they might go 0-3 but then hopefully they can get a win against Washington because Washington's a similar beast, right? They're a team of young players with, you know, instead of Zach Levine, it's Bradley Beal. Yeah. Here's your guy who's like a scoring machine could be really good. They also have a Russell Westbrook, uh, but it's like. Fun fact about Bradley Beal. Nobody has ever looked up Bradley Beal's age and not been surprised by how young he is. He's still only 27. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, again, but it, it's, again, it's just so tough. It, the thing is, it, it is too early to say, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Bulls play a game that does not reach 100 points. And, because, it, again, it's hard because they're not going to make the playoffs this year. But you have to be able to do it on both ends at some point. And, in, in, again, it's tough with these early season track meets against these, like, sort of crappy teams. Well, the thing is, like, the Hawks are really good. Oh, yeah. The, the Hawks are, that... like, I, you know, Ron Artest, I, I follow him on the Twitter machine, and he had something today. I saw like, this. Who is your – who's going to be in the – conference semis i said that atlanta hawks i'm i'm all in on them i i uh i might put a dollar on uh trey young last i checked if if, if i put a dollar on trey young to win mvp which i think is uh a narrative that could totally happen i'd win 60 bucks so i might do it yeah well he's got 43 per whatever per player efficiency rating. yeah player efficiency rating yes that's insane 43 that's that is insane. Yeah, I mean, they, that's uh, a, yeah, God. They were they were really impressive. But you look at the Hawks, and they weren't good last year. But they flipped a few pieces, and then they like built around their best player. That's not that out of the question for the Bulls. I think right now it's like, okay, who are we keeping long term? Uh, unfortunately, it sounds like uh, Thaddeus Young is very sick, and so that's going to oh, hurt God, his that's trade value. Brutal. You know, because like it's hard to trade somebody who's not playing. But you know, what can you get for maybe him? What can you get? Are, are you going to maybe look to move Sato? You know, uh, are you going to maybe not go with the Kobe? I think they will stick with the Kobe White Zach Levine combination for a while. But you know, they're they're going to see what they have in these guys, and even like Otto Porter, if there's a team who can afford him, maybe someone wants to make a run and go into the luxury tax by adding Otto Porter next year, and the Bulls can, um, you know, like get some, not pay him the draft pick or something. <laughs> yeah, because this is the last year of his contract, so he's going to be coming off the books regardless. But the Bulls are probably going to look to make some moves because there's no sense in trying to pretend they're a contender this year. Like best case scenario is they're in the playing play in tournament. And um, I don't think that's necessarily likely, but I don't know. I mean, like I said earlier, I don't think you're even getting your first wins until uh, you know, they play the wizards uh, tomorrow night. And then again on Thursday, 
And so maybe they can get a win against the Wizards. It's hard to beat a team two games in a row. Um, but it's just such a brutal stretch because then you got Milwaukee, then you got Dallas, then you got Portland. And uh, the, the Bulls just... They're going back on the circus the circus road trip. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just not there yet. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's And the thing is, you got to try. You got to try to enjoy it, I think. And like I was saying about the Bears, is that you have to try to see what's what's beautiful about it, and that's and that's again that's what you that's what I hope to see because it I don't know it's been tough but we'll we'll get through it yeah <laughs> it, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow if the Bulls don't win and uh, so will you well they're not playing tonight so <laughs> so that means they didn't lose that's nice uh, that's right. But I'll tell you what, but let's uh, let's start wrapping this one up. But I, I got to have you uh, answer a few questions because I don't always get to have you on the pod. Uh, let's let's just go with some, you know, off the hip predictions. Who do you think uh, that is in the championship this year? Um, the NBA championship. Uh, it's it's got to be Lakers. It's the East is tough. The East is really tough. I, you know, it's like who I, I mean it's got to be between Philadelphia and Brooklyn right are those got to be the two yeah but, I would definitely say the Bucks are up there yeah but the the Bucks it's just not gonna happen I I, I hope it does but I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Sixers with a doc okay that's a I think that I gotta go Sixers Lakers Ooh, that would be very even, even though this even though this the Sixers are one of those teams that's just like developed a reputation for being a, a zoo, but um, yeah, that's that that roster is too good. I mean, I, I definitely like what they've done in the offseason. I think uh, Seth Curry is such a perfect player to put next to Ben Simmons, and really gives them kind of a replacement for JJ. Exactly. Yeah. And so you you still don't have like people forget how close they were to go into the championship and, you know, Kawhi Leonard hits that insane shot and that's the end of that narrative. But I mean, they're not as good as that team, but they're better than last year's team. Brett Brown was an asshat at the end of games. Yeah. He he would just, the offense would kind of disappear. Doc Rivers, Oh, but man, the Nets are good. Shit. Yeah, yeah. The, the Nets are probably my pick personally because I don't know. I th- I just think they're such a matchup nightmare. Yeah. Who I watched was I watched their Christmas Day game and God, Jared Allen is good. Jesus. I mean, he he's moved. They just so gotta stay well healthy. Big. Yeah. They just gotta say if that's that's the th- well that's I mean no team no team has ever is is that never not been a priority. This mm. is not. It's all right. You know what? Let's let's play it fast and lose. But uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna change my mind. I, I looked. I looked at. I looked at a picture of Jared Allen, and I, I just. I that guy's going to the finals. <laughs> I love it. Unfortunately, Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, a partially torn ACL that that came out Ooh. earlier this morning. But even then, it's like they still have Karis Levert. They yeah. Still have Joe Harris. Uh. They still have Rodians Karuch. Yeah. 
old uh, Rodians, old Rodians, yes. And then uh, Timothy Luavu Cabarro. Yeah, know. he's a good player. Yeah, I wonder if he's got any cool nicknames. They also have Jeff TLC, Green. they call him. TLC, there you go. Jeff, oh, dude, Jeff Green, still cashing checks. You love to see it. Somehow. He, yeah. Yeah, he he's got he's got the Juwan Howard mindset, you know. He, he'll that. be in the league until he's forty. I think that uh, between DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen, they're probably equipped better than anybody to stand up to Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid, which well, that's the, well for a team trying to get to the finals. Well, that's the thing you like about that roster, and that's like what again, like the Bulls should be striving towards, is that they can play quick as hell because they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie, but they can, when they slow it down, they're still hard because they're so good in the post and they just need to just hope that they can, I think perimeter D is going to be their, their biggest area of concern. But yeah, I think, I think it's going to be Lakers and that's wow. Any, uh, any, any other predictions, MVP, uh, defense. It's gotta be Luca, right? Luca's going to win MVP because because Luca's going to average like thirty eight and seventeen. It's going to be nuts. <laughs> Let me make my quick uh, case for Trey Young. Not saying it'll happen, but here's how it could happen if it does. The MVP isn't necessarily about who the best player is. It's about who's going to capture the narrative because you got to think about this. The media is voting, and so here's what I think is happening right now. The media is sleeping on the Atlanta Hawks roster construction. They're not necessarily sleeping on Trey Young. People know Trey Young's really good, but I don't think people realize how dangerous of a basketball team the Atlanta Hawks are. You, you surround Trey Young with a bunch of shooters and then um, give him some solid rebound and get round, rebounding and then uh, give him some players who can help hide him defensively. And all of a sudden, the Hawks go from a team that, you know, wasn't very good last year and didn't have Clint Capella to a much improved team with pick and roll options everywhere, pick and pop options everywhere. And then the narrative is going to be, look what Trey Young did, not look what the Atlanta Hawks did. It's going to be, look at Trey Young putting this team on his back. He took the Hawks and made them so much better. Mm. It's not necessarily what happened, but I think that's the story that's going to be told. And so that being said, if the Hawks somehow get home court advantage in the NBA playoffs, that is going to be a very, very strong narrative. And the numbers are going to be there. Well, that's a dumpy division too. You know, they, they could rack up 55 wins. I right? mean, it's, it's a weird one. You know, the, the Miami Heat are obviously really good. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a weird division because I didn't realize the uh, – okay, that's no, that's the Eastern Conference. Yeah, uh, the Hornets are not good. The Magic are not good. The Wizards are adequate at best. Oh, and, I love – I love – I got I to gotta say I love the Hornets. Really? they had – they, no, I, I love the Hornets for the same reason that I, I, I love the Bears. It's just, how did this happen? Ah. <laughs> they had, it's, oh God, that's the thing I, I love about Michael, I mean, Michael Jordan. It's, it's incredible. It's, 
it's almost as impressive as his basketball career or his playing career is how unimpressive his GM <laughs> career. Is. <laughs> when I saw that, that's how bad Michael Jordan is at, at making basketball operations decisions. When I saw that they gave Gordon Hayward, what, 160 million? Yeah, they had to pay the premium because they're such a bad team that they had to pay more to like lure him there. You know what I mean? Yeah, but no, but it's also like they that's that's with the salary cap too, it just makes it tough because like they got to pay somebody. Yeah, why not Gordon Hayward? But Melo Ball right now is averaging six points, four rebounds, and three assists. Like, give me a break. Ooh, I I mean, the fact like. He's shooting 40% from three right now, which is solid. I expect those numbers to go down, though. Like, he's not someone who's trusted to take a lot of threes. He's only taking, you know, just under three and a half per game. But the guy's a liability on defense. Um, And he's playing for the Hornets. It's not going to go right. Three assists to 2.7 turnovers per game. Tell me again how this guy's so awesome. There's a difference between being a good uh, his middle name is La France. Interesting. Uh, there's a difference between being a h- good highlight reel and a good basketball player. <laughs> and I just think like, I'm glad ESPN starting to show some of his blunders too, because like, don't get me wrong. He's, he makes some of sexy passes for sure. But I mean, it's just, I'm over it. Brutal. <laughs> I, I'm over it. I, uh, Anyways, I think the Hornets are going to win the East. (laughs) Michael Jordan gets number seven, rides (laughs) off into the sunset after uh, the last dance. I mean, it it seemed like Michael Jordan was just going to be the 2020 NBA championship or uh, champion last year with the last (laughs) dance. And then the the season came back. It was like, who is the 2020 NBA champion? The 98 Chicago Bulls. And I was all there for it. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) Well, dude, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the Hornets roster, and I'm like, of course, Bismack Biombo is so on this team. Bismack, Bismack loves Charlotte. Charlotte loves Bismack. Charlotte, Charlotte does, and he's only 28. Jesus, wow! Good it seems him. like he's been playing forever. This is his ninth year. Wow, incredible. Anyway, <laughs> ending ending it all on Bismack Biombo, my pick for sixth man of the year. Did you still have a musical performance? Um, no, I actually left my fucking ukulele at home. I oh. thought I had my my dumbass. I usually have one in my apartment, but I uh, have been so in between places that I lost track. Well, but next time, okay, good. Yeah, we'll have to get you back on for some lu- ukulele. Uh, maybe we'll call it Lukalele. Luka <laughs> um, but anyway, good. yeah, thanks for hopping on, my friend. Always a pleasure catching up with you. And uh, hopefully the Bulls make us less sad soon. That sounds great. All right, boys and girls, uh, as always, check out uh, the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. That's uh, my buddy Evan. He made our artwork. He made the logo. So if you're looking to get any graphic design work done, uh, that's the way to go. Another quick update for you. We are going to be returning with the Full Court Trap this week. We got a couple of Midwesterners uh, going head to head. We got Mitch and Nate. And uh, if you're ever trying to get on that show, just shoot me a DM on Twitter at either Hoopstradamus1 or Fantastic Mr. Foo. That's F O U X. We'll see you next time.